Hey y'all, welcome to the Being Church Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Elisa. And I'm Will. Today we're going to have a discussion about how we can embrace the weight during Advent and every day of our lives. Stay tuned. Before, not why, not before. during. Can someone hand me my coffee before? Oh, with this nice thing right here? Yeah, dude. The best that like Walmart has to offer. <laughs> it's Yeti quality with the Walmart price. It's true. Good oh. morning. Good morning. Good morning. I just came from my four-year-old's son's uh, nativity play. And he had one line. He had huh? one. He was an innkeeper. Oh. <laughs> we have no room. Oh, it was so good. I mean, like he at Emmy, an Emmy, Emmy quality, Emmy quality, and I was like. Uh, why did they make more than one innkeeper? You could have you could have carried that, bro. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but when I was in preschool, I had the lead in our end of the year alphabet play. What? I wasn't a letter. I was the narrator. Oh, that's big Whoa. time. I wore a clip-on tie. Wow. Um, no, seriously, narrator. It was that's a big deal. Huge. Mm-hmm. Did you were you, did you have to remember all of the lines? No, I was oh. reading a piece. Of, come on, dude. Yeah, you're in preschool reading. Yeah. Dude, I was in, I was advanced. That's why I was probably the narrator. I I don't read like I used to. When I was in first grade, they put me in second grade reading. Wow. And then I think I, uh, I was like, and I you don't said, like this. I don't like this. I I'm think that's cool. when I stopped liking reading, honestly. Because <laughs> all the second graders were picking on you as you were learning to read. Yeah, I don't remember. I probably blacked that part out of my life. If I could get a hold of that video, I'm sure there's video of yeah, you I recording. Pictures. I don't. We didn't own a, a video camera. Oh, man. I would have loved to see you. Uh, we we uh, put off the things of the world. That's me. <laughs> Bonus. Well, okay. Footage. So today, uh, Will's with us because he can't stay away from this place. And, <laughs> and we love him so much. Is there a particular reason that you're here <laughs> i said that that, that was, i was like no why are you here no, last time I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way i kind of asked that jokingly no like, uh you just like hanging out well that's one thing but i, I had a talk i was given on last monday oh, that's at, right with a group and then i have to be here for a christmas party uh for the seminarians on sunday here in st louis no it's it's elsewhere oh, what are y'all oh. doing what's father jonathan planning for y'all well it's just like we go have dinner with the bishop. And, oh, that's nice. And uh, everyone hangs out and talks. They for build a while. gingerbread houses. There are no. <laughs> that was a Twitter fiasco the other day. And- there are no, there yeah. are no gingerbread houses built. Although it you can could. totally be a manly thing to you build could a do sweet it and it would gingerbread house. Dude, I'm just houses. really. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna just say, go as a it. mother, I hate those things. I well, did no, it I- one year. <laughs> ne- never. Why? Again. Did you buy the kits or did you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no. You've done it from scratch. My aunt does it from scratch, and it's she's amazing. She built a gingerbread cathedral. Dude, that's pretty cool. It was baller. Did you see that someone did a replica of Saint Myrids? Really? Yeah, it was. It was pretty yeah. awesome. I yeah, it was a kid. Anyway, and it there was, was really this whole hard. thing on Twitter. This these seminarians from Saint Myrids made gingerbread houses. Did a gingerbread house competition, and they posted it on Twitter, like their social media account, and people like roasted them. They were what? like, "This is not real masculinity." This is not what seminarians should be doing. This is why we have problems in the this priesthood. This is 100% why I left Twitter again. Because people yeah. have... W- Listen. It started a really good conversation about like what is masculinity yeah. and toxic masculinity on, on yeah, the Twitter. But some people are crazy. Yes. You have too much time and too much passion about things that are just like... Doesn't matter. Today you're talking about... That's the internet though. I mean, come on. Yeah, that just drives me And that's just... Anyway. anyway. Anyway, Will. 
You, you can build a gingerbread house. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you guys are just going to hang out with the bishop. <laughs> yeah, we'll hang out. Uh, it's usually at the bishop's house, but apparently it's under construction or like the area around it is under construction. His house? It, yeah. So it's really, there's no parking close to where he lives now. And so, um, yeah, we're going to be hanging out at, uh, at one of the diocesan offices and enjoying. We'll pray evening prayer together and then we'll have dinner and cool. we'll talk. Are you, and- are you here for our party? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think y'all's party is like next Friday. Yeah, I'm going to be back with my family by then. Are you here for our party? Heck yeah, dude. Okay, just making. Sorry. I have a critical role. Oh, yeah. I'm planning it. I just like to make merry. Yes. I'm a consultant. I'm a fan. There's a party planning committee and I consult. You consult with the party planning (laughs) committee. It's a sub, it's a subcommittee I, of one. I'm like the I'm like, <laughs> you're the you're the opinion guy. That's oh, my favorite role. Man, man, I'm in a good mood today. All right, this okay. is this is rare. So, <laughs> Will Tom usually hates everyone oh, all the time. I was in a bad mood. I was in a bad. What what are we what are we discussing today? Will wanted to talk about what he talked about on uh, Monday with the young adults. Yeah, oh, just right. a little bit. Yeah. So we're we the the title of my talk was embrace the weight. Growing in virtue uh, as a as a single person, right? Embracing the present moment of of um, of where you are, of what you're doing, of how God is acting in your wow. life right now. I should have gone to that. I'm not single or young, but man, that sounds good. Well, you know, it, you know, as I was crafting it, I was like, man, I wish I wouldn't have put the word single in the title, actually, because yeah. I'm like, the, everything that I said. I could have used different examples and they would have applied to the to any state That's of life. That's just going to go in the catalog for a future. Uh, oh, yeah. This is totally. For a future homily. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit long for a homily. It's, it was like 45 minutes. So. Do you have a near pastor? You can do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. That... Strap in, people. <laughs> it's a two hour mass. <laughs> Tom is in a good mood. Man. Yeah. Anyway. So. It's the joy of the season. So give us. Give us a give us like a, a rundown or a summary, or, yeah, or, or how, just give us a couple of your favorite points. I guess. So one of my favorite points is from a guy named. Um, there's a Jesuit who lived in the 17th century. I could be wrong with that. His name was Jean Pierre Cassad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that right at Jean-Pierre. all. Jean Pierre. Jean uh, Pierre. Definitely, probably not saying his last name right. Let's see if I can find my um, note here. Will has stacks of notes here. I'm yeah, sorry, folks. I, I'm is, sorry. This is, this uh, is a nutty professor vibe here, Will. Am I? Am I? <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, where is it? Okay, so this is a, a quote. And the way I kind of talked about it, um, it was that God is acting right now. Right. You don't have to wait until you're in a vocation or you don't have to wait until you're married or in seminary or a priest or dating or whatever uh, for God's grace to be active in your life and for you to actually respond uh, in charity to like by loving people right now. And I love this quote from from Father Kassad. Uh It says, the present is ever filled with infinite treasure. It contains more than you have capacity to hold. Faith is the measure. So what what he's saying there is that every moment of every day, like there's more grace than we could possibly imagine. Like more God is entering. He's arriving into our life at every moment of every day. And this is just a 
a substantial thought to me. I mean, like, because we don't, we don't live like that. I don't live like that. Well, we don't, we don't actively wait. So, so I just, I told uh, our kids that one of the things that I really want us to get better at when we're out and about is just waiting, wait in a doctor's office, in a waiting to see the, the dentist that I like, I, I don't want screens. We're not allowed. They're not allowed to take screens in the car and that they need to take a book or art or something, but that I want them to get to a point where they can wait without trying to fill that. Exactly. That space with activity. Right. Because yeah. there's something to be, I mean, learn from just not doing. Yeah. I mean, you always hear like embrace the now. Right? We're always thinking about the future. We're dwelling on the past, but it's like, what's happening now that like that can make me holy? Like, right. what what can I do now to achieve holiness? I was talking to Will and Elizabeth earlier about like, I'm I'm starkly aware that like I'm six months away from my wedding, and things that are I have in my life now, I'm going to bring into marriage. And so I'm trying to fix stuff right now. Like I want to wake up early. I want to start working out. I want to stop uh, being so selfish with my time or eating late or whatever. Like I want to start to build these habits and the battle, like the way I achieve those goals is in the now it's like, okay, when it's 10 o'clock tonight, I go to bed. I have to go to bed and fight the urge to run right. to P Terry's. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's a real no, thing. But like, dude. Man, <laughs> Inordinate that, desire. We were just talking about like, masculinity or whatever yeah. before you know uh just the what it looks like or what it doesn't look like yeah. whatever but i feel like that right there just this thought of preparing now doing things now uh so that in the future you're a good husband or a good man or a good father like that's i mean how but that's it's also very honorable but it's no. also almost not that because it's just doing it now for the sake of doing it now. right it's doing it because right. it that's makes you a better saying. you're right the the virtuous man like it's doing what the virtuous man would do because you want to be virtuous, right? And that's right. that's the end. And that'll make you a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife, so, a better whatever. This is so important because I'm especially single people today, but all of us today are like, my life doesn't mean anything until I get married, right? Yeah. Like, like I have no purpose. Until, and it's like, think of vocation in a broader sense. Yes, exactly. Right. right. So this this is the, the thing that I really tried to drive home. Like – there's a quote that is super well known that's sort of misquoted often from Pope Benedict that said, we're not made for comfort. We're made for greatness. What he actually said was something like it, it, it's the same general gist, but it's, it's like, we're not made for lives of just comfortability. Right. But rather for some great thing or for, for great meaning, for great love. And, but I feel like often with young Catholics, and when I say young Catholics, I mean people my age, a little bit older than me, a little bit younger. I'm 20, 27, right? Especially with that generation who's heard that, especially if they've gone to church and been a part of the, that call towards greatness. Often they, it's easy for them, for us, I should say, not for them, for us to think of that greatness in a very narrow sense. Right. That that it's it's just found in, uh, like be- becoming a a husband or a father or becoming a wife and a mother or becoming a priest and it, like we have to be careful when we're talking about this because I'm not saying that any of those things aren't opportunities to pra- to do what God is calling us to do yeah. but that there's something more fundamental right those right. are actual pathways to holiness right but but you don't 
they're not exclusive. Exactly. They can't become idols. And that's what I see oh, as a right. as a danger amongst a lot of my my colleagues and my the people my age, my peers, is that we make an idol out of marriage as if it will fulfill us completely. Or we make an idol out of priesthood as if it will fulfill me completely when I see this in seminary even, right? Amongst right. seminarians where where it's like, man, if I can just get through seminary. Right. If I can just get through seminary, it's going to be great. And it's like, you, that's just not the way it works, right? right? Like you're going to experience some desire still after seminary, right? You're going to experience this longing for something even more than priesthood, which is amazing. Just like in marriage, a husband experiences something like a desire for something even more, right? And a wife likewise, um, because we're not made for – it sounds – it's, it rings weirdly in my ears when I say just marriage or just priesthood. Yeah, because this is a great thing. But we're made for God himself. And um, so we experienced this restlessness. We talked about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, last, time. last time, right? Yeah, we're kind of echoing that episode. And so like what are some practical ways to stay in the now? Right. Um, that would be my question. Yeah. And, and I think um, – I, I know it's weird, uh, but – there's a like kind of like a practice of like um, focusing at the beginning of the year on a word. Maybe, oh, yeah, you know I what I mean? And, um, and I think that that could be helpful in that. Like I've decided that. So I have a, I have two words. I have like a spiritual word that I'm going to do. And then I have like a practical word for like my life, things I want to work on. But my spiritual word is spirituality, is, not practical, Lisa. Okay, so my okay, stop. Just, just let her. My practical word is culture. I feel like I, I feel like there's not enough. Like I don't know how to cook Mexican food, and I feel like my family has totally missed out. We've had three Advent parties. A lot of my students are Mexican, yeah. and they've brought amazing food. And I'm like, why isn't this in my house? Oh, because I haven't done it. So mm. that so that see that's practical. Yeah. I mean, how am I going to grow really spiritually? Anyway, so but spiritually, my word is going to be tender. Tenderness, mm. because um, I like I don't think one would look at Elisa and be like, oh, she's just such a tender heart. She, she wouldn't. You wouldn't. But I also don't think that people would look at me and say that I'm not loving. Right. So one of the things that I've heard from uh, Father Greg Boyle is that tenderness is kind of the expression of love in a lot of ways. Um, to, that's how other people kind of receive it because you can say you're loving and charitable because that looks like willing the good of the other. Right. But if you don't deliver it well, sometimes that's not how it comes off. It doesn't come off as loving. It comes off as judgment or whatever. So yesterday I had a conversation with somebody that I tend to not to not be tender with. And before I picked up the phone, I'm like, Tender, tender, tender. Before I'm even just in the now, I'm like, I'm going to just in this phone call, mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best tender Elisa. <laughs> and and it was the best conversation I have had in forever. Yeah. So I just feel like it. it's taking whatever moments that you know. Like there are moments in our lives where we don't need to grow in virtue because we're feeling pretty good there. Like that part of me I've worked on, I've grown on. But there are parts of all of us that we're like, whoa, we need to work on this. So those moments I think is where in the now today you work on just those chances and opportunities to grow in virtue. Right. 
Yeah. And I think that that's part of the, uh, this kind of idea of embracing the weight, the weight, like these are the, these are the moments in which we're waiting and we don't know exactly where we're going, but if we choose in that kind of moment to be tender or to be courageous or to whatever it is, right, wherever we're weak, uh, we can actually, we will grow and then we'll be prepared for whatever is coming when, 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 when it comes, right. When God calls us to something, uh, other than what he's calling to us, calling us to right now. And I love that you were talking about the, the, the grace that's involved in it. It, it feels kind of, uh, redundant or re- it feels like I repeat myself a lot with the teens when I say, you don't have to do this alone, growing in virtue, waiting, uh, forming your heart and, uh, you know, kind of conforming your life to God's will. Like that's, you're not meant to do that on your own. That's why we have grace. That's why the Holy Spirit fills us. That's why we pray. So I've realized in my life, I say it a lot, but do like, I really believe that I, uh, I can become a better person. Uh, if I, if I, with God's help, like, do I really believe that? And then Yesterday, after I got off the phone, I was like, you helped me. Yeah. Like, you helped mm-hmm. me in that I couldn't, I'm not going to be a tender person on my own. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have to kind of draw from your tenderness as a loving father. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I can do it if I try to, but that's only because I've seen it. You know, that God being faithful is how I've seen over and over that he's not lying when he says, like, I'm going to help you do it. Yeah. But that trust, that trust that you have to say, he really will help me in these spaces. Uh, that's hard. And it takes a certain vision to do what you're saying, to even acknowledge that like, Hey, I need to be more tender. You know, that takes a certain humility and a certain posture before self-knowledge. God. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I need to do a better job of that. Yeah. Right. Um, to say that, Hey, I don't have it all together. And there are areas that I need to work on. Mm-hmm. That alone is like, that's the beginning of acknowledging God in the now, right? Holiness in the mm-hmm. now or the weight of, or what do you, what did you say? The embracing the weight. Embracing yeah. the weight. I yeah. love it so much. Embracing yeah. W-A-I-T. And Wait, yeah, really, not the weight that's on my body. Did, but you, that, did you like mean to make that an ad? No, actually that comes from a book. Um, well, yes, I did mean it to eventually when I realized that it was an advent that I was giving this talk, I was like, heck yeah, this is going to be advent related, which wow. goes to a thing that I want to talk about. But I, to give credit where credit is due, uh, that idea, the, that phrase comes from the book, um, man, woman, and the mystery of love by Edward, Ed, Edward tree. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's where that phrase it's chapter 12 or something in there. And he uses that phrase. And so we, we use that as the title of the talk because they had read that book, the, the group anyway. Right. But, um, when I figured out it was an advent and this is kind of maybe in summary or in, as we kind of yeah. conclude this, I want to offer two examples that are very advent appropriate examples of people who waited in the, the scriptures. And I think we gain a lot if we will meditate upon these two people, uh, they're the two most important people in Advent besides Jesus Christ himself. Uh, so you can probably guess who they are. John the Baptist and and Mary, um, our Blessed Mother. And they both wait like really, really amazingly. John the Baptist is kind of the uh, the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. He is – he if, if you want to think about it, he's representing Israel – and all the people who've come before him who are supposed to have prepared the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he does this. 
um, and he calls people. So how does how does John wait? First of all, John uh, he he doesn't settle for anything other than what God's calling him to. So he like in the waiting, he doesn't just say, "Okay, I'm tired of waiting, and I'm going to turn to something else." Right? And I mean, this is serious though because this costs him his life. Right. At, at the end, he's proclaiming truth to someone because he's saying this this thing that you're doing. King Herod of, of taking your brother's wife as your wife, this is wrong. And you, you can't do this anymore uh, because God wants something better for you. And that costs John his life, right? So he is committed to going towards the good, true, and the beautiful, right? This is, so when we wait, when we have to grow in virtue, we have to be, that's the first necessary thing is we have to be committed to like, I will settle for nothing less than what God wants for me, which is a hard, yeah. hard statement to say. Right. Because when it takes too long, sometimes we start grasping. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Sure. We turn to, and that's called sin, right? Like This is how we, I mean, I know this in my own life. Like I've experienced this tension of like, I don't, I don't trust you enough, God. And so I'm going to go towards this thing that I know will give me pleasure, will give me satisfaction, whatever. Right. This is how it works in our lives. Um, but that's the, that's the challenge is to, to be uh, committed to that. And then following from that, the other thing that he does so beautifully is he always pursues it. He's never, he's never just merely passive, right? right? Mm. He, he, he goes out and preaches. Which makes, is kind of strange to say he's pursuing the weight, but right. it's, it's true. Well, he's pursuing the good, right. but he, he's willing to uh, remember that God is, has a plan so much bigger than than what John the Baptist's plan is for his life. So that's kind of the the thing. That, yeah, like that God is going to bring fulfillment to John's actions. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. I'm going to do my part now, but God will. Well, and that's like the story of Moses, right? Like Moses did all that stuff. He's like, "Hey, you've done all of this, but you're not actually going to be right the because one. you did this one thing, oh. right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Can you imagine? Man. I mean, well, but, but think yeah, about it this way, it. right? Like Moses, it, it would be really hard, but by not getting to enter the promised land in earth, maybe Moses was purified and able to go right. to the promised land of heaven. But bro, right? come on, man. No, this is hard. Can you imagine God saying to him, you've done all of this. You've prepared and yeah. taken and you've... Almost- he basically says that to every church worker. Hey, thanks for your work. You're not going to see the fruits of your labor. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It's and true. and, and, and parents. And parents. Right. This yeah. is the biggest thing. Yeah. It's not so... It's not about you, Elisa. Again and again and again. You. This is not... In the big picture, it's not about you, your ego accolades who knows you all right i was in a good mood i don't want to i don't want to okay. think about this <laughs> okay that. so let's talk about mary <laughs> yeah let's go to mary real quick uh not real quick but it, it, mary is a silent woman for others that that's how mary is in the yeah. gospels right yeah it's one of the my favorite phrases in the, all the gospels is when it says that mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart yeah just like this that's so like, motherly, man. It is for sure. It, and it, it, you know, I, I, there's this. Um, I always think of um, Psalm one thirty one when I think of that. It says, um, "My soul is at rest 
like as a, a child in the arms of its mother, right? And I think of Mary as the one who like was holding baby Jesus and like he's just at rest and she's just pondering this reality that's happening in front of her. Yeah, she was straight up contemplative. Exactly. Right? But so she's contemplative. She's received what that means when we say contemplative because we're not called, most of us are not called to be Trappists or to be whatever. What that means is she took time and was silent with God. Every day, every, and, and it's so important. And because she took specific time, she was able to take, to have that interior silence during the day. Like this is, this is the mark of a saint is, and father James loves to talk about this, right? This theosis where you start to see what God sees and, and do what God would do in these situations because you, you cultivate that interior silence, which allows you to recognize Oh God, you're calling me to love this person right, right now in this way. Right. Right. And, and like, this is what our baptism means, right? Like y- you have that grace to right. do that. Father Doug actually really, uh, if you have a chance, go and listen to, it was, I was like, do you write these down? Like so I know you, his homily was amazing. And I was like, I know you don't, I know you memorize and all that stuff, but you have this one written because this one was, he was like, no, you can listen to it and transcribe it. I'm like, father, really? But, but he was, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'll write down the part that I, but he was talking about prayer and he was talking about that silence and what happens in that silence. And so he Which encouraged was it? from the Sunday, oh, okay. uh, like I'll link to it. Yeah. It's really, it, yeah, it's really good. Um, but, but that part of like really being able to how do you connect? How do you know the will of God? How do you, how do you grow in the virtue if you're, if there's no silence and if you're not giving um, him that space to work? And I, I can be the witness in this, that on the days that I am able in the morning to be quiet for a few minutes and read scripture, read the daily readings from my Bible, it, it changes everything, mm-hmm. everything. It does. For yeah, the day. exactly. Yeah. And just, just a, a, a kind of a, courage in that uh, Pope Benedict talks a lot about silence and in relation to Mary in a book that he has. And he says uh, that silence is more fruitful than the constant busyness that we easily fall into. So this, this silence is the essential part, right? This is the, the better part of our life uh, and is so important because it leads us to God himself. And then that leads us to other other people, right? So Mary, she's silent, but she's not passive. Again, she's active. The the minute uh, it says in the gospel in the Annunciation story, right? Then the angel departed from her. The next line is, and then Mary made haste to her cousin Elizabeth, who was with child. So she, inspired by the word of God, she goes towards another. So this is, this is the invitation, even in the waiting, because Mary doesn't know what I mean, she, she understands some things because she's been with God and she's full of grace, but she doesn't understand the whole plan, right? right? Like we need to be very clear, right? She, like, this is unfolding in her life, right? We know the whole story. And so we sometimes place it. Yeah. But that's not the way it is. Like this is a woman who doesn't know exactly what God is asking totally yet. But she says yes, and then she goes and serves other people. Right. And that's the invitation. If you're in a place, if I'm in a place where I don't know exactly what God is asking me to do yet, or I don't know how he's asking me to do something specifically today, the the thing that we know he's asking us to do all the time 
is to love our neighbor. Right. Every time, all the time. And in not just to love our neighbor in a way that's easy for us, but a self-sacrificial way. It wasn't it it wasn't like abnormal that Mary would go help her cousin, right? In a in that kind of culture, but it's a long way from Nazareth to uh the hill country of Judah. It was a two-hour bus ride when I was in the Holy Land. So can you imagine? <laughs> Mary. Mary. She's got morning sickness because she's, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't because she's, we could talk about that. Anyway. Anyway, but she goes and yeah. she serves and she serves for a long time. So just to, to find a way to self-sacrificially give in the wait and, uh, and to stick with it. And to be silent during the wait. And to be silent. I think these are really good reflections for, not just for Advent, just for life. Like yeah. we can be holy right now. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to like know our vocation. Exactly. Big vocation, big V vocation, you know, uh, it's something we should always strive for, but like, it's just, it's really important to say like, I've, when you wake up in the morning to say like, I woke up today, there's not going to be another day like this. Right. right. God is going to present me with an opportunity to grow in holiness today. Right. I need to be aware of it and I need to grab, grasp it when it comes. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's like to receive it. Yeah, yeah. Use the word receive. Receive, not grasp. You're right. But it's just cooperating with Yeah. It, it is. It's grace. Yeah. So this is great, Will. Thank you so much for, yeah. for talking with us this morning. This is awesome. That must have been a great, great talk. I'm sure it was. I do have it recorded. So oh, cool. I'll send it to oh, you. Yeah. Standing ovation. For sure. <laughs> no, no standing ovation. Oh, all three of us presented at that series. Yes, we did. Oh, excellent. Yes, Sweet. we did. Aww. Yeah. Well, cool. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Being Church Podcast. Uh like and subscribe and share with your friends. Christmas is coming up, so hope you've got everything ready and preparing <laughs> your hearts for the coming, oh, that, yes. the coming of the Lord. I don't. Do you guys want to say anything else? Uh, nope. Go be church. <laughs> <laughs>